Welcome, Racer Nation, to episode 21 of the Racer Nation podcast. Our racers are ranked. The racers are ranked 23 in the AP poll, and for good reason. We're 22-2 and two after picking up two more conference wins last week, which produced a lot of things for us to discuss. But we also have to cover what it takes for the racers to go 2-0 and o this week, so we can talk about these ranked racers again this time next week. My name is Sawyer Lawson, and I'm joined by our two great co-hosts, Logan Foster and Austin Blakely. Thankfully, we all survived Ice Storm 2022, and we're fired up to talk some racer basketball. Let's go! This is Racer Nation. Welcome to the bank. Hello, Racer Nation. Welcome to the Racer Nation podcast. Uh, fun episode this week, no doubt. I mean, guys, in a million years, did you ever think we would be a podcast? Well, check one. I never thought we would be a podcast. Check two. Did you ever think we would be our self-proclaimed official podcast of the number 23 Murray State Racers? 23 in the AP poll. 24 in the coaches poll uh, pretty pretty unbelievable honestly I, I mean Sawyer Logan did did we pick a better time to start this podcast or what I'd like to think that we strategically planned this to where we uh, we hopped on board when uh, we had a, a historically great season and to be honest we just jumped into the to the top 25 this week but if we play uh, just one good half against ETSU, We've been in the top 25 for a long time. Um, by now, we'd probably be, you know, top 20, closing in on like the the 16, 17 mark, uh, to be honest. But although we uh, we dropped that game, you know, props to the guys for battling through, uh, undefeated in conference play so far and playing a couple of tough games. Um, so really proud of our guys' toughness and and grit to uh, to get this far. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence whatsoever. I think that, you know, when we start doing stuff like this, Racer Nation gets re-engaged and come together as a group. I think special things happen. So I think it was honestly a little bit of a date with destiny. It's interesting, Logan, you mentioned that ETSU game. You know, that was the Racer's worst loss, and ETSU hasn't done much to help us out this year. But I saw a stat today. Tevin, Tevin Brown has hit a three-pointer in 20 consecutive games uh, dating back to his last game that he did not hit a three in, the ETSU game. So uh, racers are rolling when he's when he's hitting hitting shots and and he does that at a pretty high clip. And uh, you know, t- winners of twelve in a row, we're twelve and zero in the OVC. And I think that's been one of the most impressive things for me is, uh, you know, all, I guess throughout history or at least from the '90s to now, the racers have been the team with the target on their back. It didn't matter what kind of squad we produced everybody wants to beat murray state and last year you know the racers come out and don't have the year that we don't we we all did not expect but then come back this year and and that's been rejuvenated and everybody wants to beat murray state and we just came in and taking care of business against every single ovc team you know we're we're 12 and 0 and i think 10 of those wins 10 of the 12 have come by in double digits. The only two single-digit games were at Edwardsville and at Tennessee Tech, which is funny because they're like the bottom two teams in the league. But, you know, that just goes to show you that that anybody can do anything on any given diet. And uh, that's that's what's been impressive about the racers so far is they've really taken care of business in OVC play. Look, I just want to talk about, you know, let's spend a little more time on this 
on this ranking, you know, like like we said, AP number 23. And, you know, from what I understand, the, the AP voters take into account the, the podcast as well. So that's why we are now the self-proclaimed number 23 podcast in all of college, college basketball. You know, I think we, you know, if we're, if we're being honest, I think we should be a little higher, but uh, that's okay. You know, we're, we're rookies here, so uh, they, they, they're giving us some good respect. So appreciate that. But, but Logan and Sawyer, you know, either one of you guys can jump in. Uh, I just wanted to kind of mention like what this does for not just the basketball program, but the community and the university, you know, rolling across the bottom line on ESPN when you're checking scores on on any app and you look at top 25, Murray State's going to be on that list. And and just seeing those those numbers by by the Murray State logo is is pretty dang cool. Absolutely. You talk about the community. You hear people talking around town. I was uh, stopped at work today and this guy that uh, doesn't really keep up too much with Murray State basketball brought it up to me and he has no idea that we do this podcast, but he said, have you seen that the racers are ranked in the top 25? <laughs> yes, sir. I've heard. And, uh, you know, from a, a school standpoint, I feel like when you get that number next to your name, more students are going to come out, more of the community is going to come out and watch your games. But it's also great for the league because more people are going to come to your road games. Uh, our fans generally travel well, but the other team's fans are actually going to show up. Um, I expect, you know, two games this week with us being in the top 25, TSU and Moorhead, I, I believe they're going to have pretty big crowds uh in comparison to what they're used to, um, just because yeah. the racers come into town. No doubt their biggest crowds of the year. Yeah, and, and we, we mentioned this uh, earlier in the podcast about when we were going to the Missouri Valley Conference, but uh, talk about those millions of dollars that are get generated just because Murray State is, like you said, on that bottom line. That's going to be huge uh, for advertising for the university. But I think it's really cool that Murray State's ranked the top 25, and it's weird, but it's not like a major story. It's like it's normal, and I really love that, and I think that should be expected from here moving forward, and that should be the expectation for this program um, is that, you know, you've got this this small town in western Kentucky that's doing these great things in college basketball, but that is what is going to be expected from here every season thereafter. That's interesting you bring that up because I haven't really cared all that much since it came out. It's We've been here before um, two times in the last decade. It's – you know, it, it's cool, but uh, it doesn't mean that you're getting in the tournament, as we've seen in the past. And it doesn't mean that, you know, uh, you're going to end the season on a good note. Like we did uh, winning the CIT that one year, winning a postseason tournament's pretty cool. And, um, and you know, getting one win in the, the NCAA tournament, Isaiah and Ed's junior year, um, doesn't – that's not guaranteed. So – I like what Juice and Daquan said this week of, you know, they didn't come this far just to get this far. Uh, they they plan on continuing to stay focused and uh, working on the next game ahead. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was one of those people who was sitting there refreshing my phone at 11 a.m. on Monday morning just waiting to see what the results were because it is it's very exciting to me. Um, it's just validity that what we're doing is right and that we're finally getting credit for, it, which is really important. Uh, and I think it's it's just one of those things. It's like being in the club. You know, once you're in the top 25, you keep handling your business. You're not going to leave. Uh, it's if you keep winning, you're going to stay and you're going to climb. And, and it's, it's, it's exciting in, in a season where 
you've met every goal uh, for the most part of conference play. Um, you can you can exceed those goals and keep challenging yourself every week to improve your ranking. So it's something more to play for, uh, and it's another reason to to continue to strive for excellence. It's another way to challenge yourself, um, which is really exciting and something that these racers uh, can use to help propel them uh, to hopefully um, heights that have never been reached before. So this is this is the third racer team in the last ten years to be ranked, which is pretty cool. I think it'd be interesting to see. You know, go back and look to see how many mid-major teams. We kind of live in our, the last 10 years, kind of lived in our OVC bubble here. And we know no other OVC team has been ranked. I think I saw today only four or five programs in the history of the OVC have been ranked. And uh, none of them are current members, I believe. I think Austin Peay may have been, but that's besides the point. We're going to talk plenty about Austin Peay coming up here in the next few minutes. But uh It'd be interesting in the last 10 years to see, you know, how many of those programs have been ranked multiple over multiple seasons. Uh, you see probably Loyola Chicago throw them in there from the Missouri Valley, but they're probably about the only one, you know, maybe back when Wichita State and Creighton were, were in, but they're not in the Missouri Valley anymore. So, I mean, just think about it from there. You know, Jeff Jackson has got to be thinking, man, we just hit a freaking home run. We're getting a top 25 team to come to our conference. So, but like you said, Sawyer, uh, you just got to keep winning, and and as we're going to talk about a little later on in the podcast, we've got got a <laughs> heck of a test coming up. But all it takes is that one loss, and everybody forgets about you. So I think this team's focused enough, and it helps that they they have the the, the seniors and the the older older core, and I think that goes a long way. And you know, guys, we talk about being tested and playing games on the road is. You know, as we record this on Tuesday night, we just see unbeaten on in conference play Auburn, number one team in the country, go goes down at Arkansas. And hey, Arkansas has been one of the hottest teams in the country uh, in the past month or so, and and they get the the huge win. But you know, like I said, that just goes to show you uh, that any night, especially on the road, uh, you're very vulnerable. It doesn't matter who you are; you could be the number one team in the country, and uh, that could happen. And you know, talk about playing on the road for the racers. Let's let's go ahead and transition to Thursday night where the racers took the road trip. Uh, how is it? 68 miles? I, I don't remember. They always used to push it in the ESPN broadcast down to down to Clarksville and, and take on uh, what they call rival Austin P uh, or what Austin P likes to call the rival. But, you know, it's been very healthy in the past and of late it's been kind of, you know, one sided. But, uh, you know, racers were down early and. Uh, guys, I know Logan and Sawyer, we're, we've got a lot to talk about during this game, and I think probably a lot the fans want to hear about. But uh, as the you know self-proclaimed host of this podcast, I guess uh, I'll try to keep us on the rails and talk about the game a little bit before we get into all the extracurriculars. But racers were down early, and uh, you know, first 10 minutes of the game were kind of struggling to make shots and struggling to kind of figure out the zone a little bit, I guess. And uh, you know, Austin P. I I think, you know, they've got a good future ahead of them if they can get some players in. I think they made a really good hire at the coaching position. But, uh, you know, all in all, race, racers pull it out 65-53. Another just extremely, extremely impressive defensive game. And, you know, we talk about, and I'm guilty of this, talking about the this racer offense a ton on this podcast because I still think it's one of the better offenses we've had recently. But, Man, time and time again, this defense, individually and team defense, has looked really, really solid. Oh, absolutely. Last Thursday, 
morale was high. I thought Sawyer and I were going to be able to make the trip to Clarksville about 11 o'clock. Um, we were weighing the pros and cons, whether to, uh, to go into the ice storm uh, head on and head south to, to the Dunn Center. But, you know, we just didn't know how long it was going to take us. Um, a big part of our Clarksville trips are actually going to Texas Roadhouse beforehand. And we weren't sure if we were going to get there in time before uh, Hutchins Everett had taken out all the, the rolls and uh, cinnamon butter. But um, <laughs> we, we, decided to, uh, we decided to stay home. Um, Sawyer's got a family to take care of. And, and so we made the mature decision to, uh, to watch from the couch. And Austin, you're right. They started off pretty hot, um, got us into a little bit of foul trouble. And uh, that Calderon kid, he just couldn't miss at the beginning of the game. Um, but, you know, the racers were just too much for them. Our, our veterans, once uh, they got clicking, it, it was only a matter of time. I don't think the game was ever in doubt if you were a racer fan. But all jokes aside, um, I think – I think Austin Peay's headed in the right direction. Calderon, um, you know, he's got promise. He's a shot maker, obviously. We saw that. And Hutchins Everett is really good. Um, you know, you can see why he got those bigger offers out of high school. Very comfortable down in the paint. Um, he, It's kind of deceptive. You see him out there. and It's kind of like Coart was, um, just a bigger guy. And he, he gets out there, and he's got great footwork, great hands, and, you know, can uh can be a problem for for uh bigs in this conference that are actually really good I, i'm sure he he can hang with uh you know johnny broom and uh and nick mazinski and for a freshman that's uh that's pretty good yeah absolutely i, I agree 100 it's it's really cool when you see those big guys that are pretty light on their feet um really shows they can be sensational players you see cohort still doing his thing with the memphis hustle um, still trying to make his uh, mark on trying to make it to the NBA. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Austin, it was really cool to get the win, uh, wrap up our series with P in the OVC. Um, well, at least on the road in Clarksville with a winning record 31 and 30 in Clarksville. That's awesome. Currently sit 88 and 45. Um, that does not sound like a rivalry really to me. Um, that sounds more like a beatdown, which is, which is exciting. But I agree with you. We've got to get we've got to get rolling where we can come out and have really hot stars to be able to propel us to victory. Um, really haven't seen that in a long time. We're going to talk about that a lot more throughout the episode um, as our keys for the for this week. Um, but as far as the defense, I really want to touch on that too. Racers forced 18 turnovers, 15 of them steals. That's that's crazy. It led to 23 major points off turnovers. If you look at it, that's over a third of our points. Um, that's racer basketball, as Logan always likes to say. Playing in transition was great. Really liked what I saw out of Carter Collins. Great start for the racers from him. Did that again on Saturday, which was great. Uh, the other, I guess the other story um, was uh, Jordan Skipper-Brown played some great minutes. I think he should be good to go this week. Had a little bit of a fall, um, but he was not in a boot um, at the game on Saturday, which was which was good to see. So we hope to ex- expect to see him back. And then lastly, we talked about our defense to start. How about our defense to end it? Um, for, for everybody keeping track at home, they scored, P scored 22 second half points, really should have been more like 17. They had the double possession where they scored four points on one possession, which should not have been allowed to happen. And then that three at the buzzer, that's five points taken away. 
you can you can really pretty much say that you held them to 17 points in the second half. That's outstanding. That's great for high school basketball, not Division One college basketball. So hats off to the racers, the scout, um, everyone who had a part of that because that's that's big time. And Logan, like you mentioned, never felt like it was in doubt. We only won by 12, but we were up by 18 with a minute 31 to go. So uh, could have been way way worse than what the scoreboard finally said. That was a really. I guess you talk about bad beats. That's probably one of the worst beats of the year. Is, is they hit that three as time expires, or right there at the end at least to get it to to get it to twelve when the line was thirteen. And you know, hopefully the ice kept some people from making that trip south to Tennessee, and so people kept kept some money in their pockets for the racers. It sure kept me from going south, man. I know I would not have been a happy camper if I if Sawyer and I would have made the trip. Um, but you know, happy to see the racers win. I tell you what. They had some lucky shots go through, and one in particular that I got a text in the first half about from uh, this week's Logan's listener, actually, that I'll reveal later in the podcast. But he uh, he sent me a text and said, how is Carlos Paez going to do the Jordan shrug after banking in a three? And man, I just, Paez, you know, probably a listener, uh, I assume, but as some in Gov's Nation are, um, and side note, I don't even know how they're a, a nation. They can barely get 30 people to their game. Um, but more like anyways, a province. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Territory. I don't know. Something small. Yeah. Um, but Piaz, he finished with half as many turnovers as he did points. So, uh, not a great showing from him as we're accustomed to seeing our guards were too much for him and, you know, Sorry about it, buddy. You can shrug your way all the way to the locker room. Racers get another <laughs> win over you. Hey, you talk about us, you know, losing by half a point on the spread. Logan, I know for for a fact, if we would have gone on the trip, we're good for at least two or three points, wouldn't you say, for the racers? So if we go, we probably cover. So I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, and if you bring your uh, your daughter, Kennedy, she's a good luck charm. We're covering for sure. We're covering all the alternate spreads, too. <laughs> that's funny yeah she definitely is she's a she's a sweetheart and huge racer basketball fan we talk about those 15 steals i think that was a huge huge key to the game really kind of what kept the racers in it in the first half honestly i thought you know i thought austin b was the aggressor they were playing i don't want to say better basketball than us but they were hitting shots like you said uh, drew calderon got hot there a little bit and um, every time it seemed like they were going to try to put it away, go up, you know, six or eight or whatever it was, the racers got a steal or they would turn the ball over. It was a lot of it, honestly. And those 15 live ball turnovers were huge for us and, and kept us in the game. And, you know, we still shot, you know, 52% in the first half from, from the field, which helped out a lot and, uh, ended up 43, which is for the game, which is below our, our season average by quite a bit, but Hey, anytime you can go to Clarksville, like Sawyer said, we've done 31 times and got gotten a win against the Govs. Uh, it's it's always good. And so let's go ahead and wrap up the game uh, on that side and, and talk a little bit about maybe some of the stuff that happened uh, around the game. And so, talk, you know, guys, we know every one of you, all the thousands of you that listens, uh, they listened to the podcast last week. And that's something I brought up that I'd noticed um, on their Twitter account, on Austin P Twitter account, where they had spelled out uh, M U asterisk asterisk R Y, uh, or she, 
I can't even do that right. M-U asterisk asterisk A-Y. Thank you. This is not an English podcast or a math podcast for that matter. Uh, but I talked about that last week and they'd kind of taken it to, you know, I, what I would consider an inappropriate level uh, from an official side. And so they done that in all the game notes, all the all the official press for the game from the university. You know, it's one thing if, you know, let's 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 flip the put the roles in different shoes and say we're an Austin P podcast. Please don't strike me down, guys. And if we did that, that's one thing. We're not associated with the university. We're just three random dudes having a podcast. Cool. Let's roll with it. It's one thing if the university does it and comes at it from an official side. And so I'm going to open up the floor, uh, Logan and Sawyer. Logan, if you want to kick it off to kind of, you know, give give your thoughts on it. But just from my side, just low class. Uh, you know, I, I know in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal, but it just really shows you, you know, the true character of the athletic department. Oh, boy, are you guys going to like this? Guess who brought some stats tonight? Oh, man. Ooh, boy, let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got this from, I think it was somebody at WPSD. I can't remember who it was. Uh, probably Blake. He's the man. But anyways, um, it was since 2010, all the scores of the games that we've played against uh, Austin P and the results. And so um, on average, well, I'll start out start out with this. The governors are five and nineteen against us during that time period, with their largest margin of victory is four points. Their average margin of victory is three points in those five wins. All right, let's talk about the racers. We have nineteen wins. Our average margin of victory is fifteen points. And we have beaten them by 30, 35, and 44 points over the last uh, 12 years. So are you talking about and, are you talking about Bethel or Austin P? Oh shoot, this actually may be Bethel because um, these scores are pretty lopsided. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Austin P. Um, but it also right. it also showed that. We were eight and three in the Dunn Center as well. And so, you know, they have to to play up the rivalry, um, I guess, uh, to make themselves feel relevant. But if we're being honest, the most prominent coach they've ever had and the man that their court's named after, his name's literally Luz. So you know what you're getting uh, out, of, out of the governor's. And you saw it on their social media account on game day. They tried to get older players involved. They had and they had some good players. Um, I don't think Terry Taylor was on there, but you know he's he's doing good in the NBA right now. Um, but they had West Channels. He was good back in the day. Uh, Chris Horton. He was phenomenal. I, I really liked watching Chris Horton, even though you know he was on the Governors. But um, Chris Porter Bunton. You'll probably remember him because he was there from about 2011 to 2019. Um, but one thing you notice is all of these guys looked like they were sending in videos from Enterprise. Uh, and, you know, if you watch Step Brothers, you know that's a good place to, to work. Um, they give you the tools to be your own boss. But 
that's just not what our prominent players do. Our prominent players go to the NBA. They go to the G League. They go play overseas. They play basketball for a living. They don't go rent cars out for a living. Um, and nothing against Enterprise. I've had friends that work there. But, you know, as much as Austin P wants to, to be on our level, they aren't even close. And so eh, I saw some people say it's time to move on and not play them anymore. I would still like to play them um, just because I like beating them. Um, maybe we do a kind of like what we do with Auburn or did with Auburn. Uh, we play two games at our place and, and one at theirs just because we're actually doing them a favor if we come to the Dunn Center. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I hope we keep it going. I'm interested to hear y'all's thoughts, though. Yeah, I mean, so for the topic of the asterisk, I consulted our resident listener, and, and he's pretty much a sports encyclopedist, Matt Fitzer, who's also a huge Ohio State fan. Um, and he, he kind of enlightened me on the whole asterisk deal because, you know, P is, uh, as you know, not coming up with an original idea, even in their jest of trying to, to talk with us, uh, try to get after us on this. They had to steal it from somebody else. That the state of the governor of Ohio bans the letter M for the week they play Michigan. It makes sense. Michigan starts with the letter M. Um, that's something that um, me and my three-year-old daughter talk about while we teach her the alphabet. Um, so that makes sense. Um, it's funny. Um, it's a slight dig, and it, you know it makes sense. Um, so I just wanted to, to make sure that was what I thought it was before I decided to go in further into it. And so. They choose the letter R for us. Not really sure why. Um, don't really think it has a reason, um, but it's actually kind of a dig back at them, which I think is a little bit funny. But at the end of the day, you know, Austin P. they wonder why good things don't happen to them, but they continue to do petty stuff like this and make horrible decisions, allow people to degrade others during their games for years. And they wonder, man, why can't we get over the hump? Why are we lackluster? And, you know, after last week's podcast, we discussed at length on the Saw Selection, you know, how many other universities in the OVC showed such poor class and poor action towards our fans. And this is just another extension of that. We should have actually probably expected it. At the end of the day, it's an issue about character, as you said, Austin. You know, as you live your life, you're always measured based on your character. And for Austin P to show that lack of character, um, it's not only limited to a certain number of individuals, as it goes all the way to the top of their athletic department. Um, this is something that could have been shot down. It could have been a funny idea. It could have been used on social media. But when you go and allow it to go all the way through to where the stats that they hand the coaches to coach the game, it's on there. It's completely ridiculous. I just I don't understand why this had to happen in the first place. I mean, it's it just shows that loser mentality that we talked about last time that you're so worried about trying to get underneath somebody's skin. You're willing to do whatever it takes. And ultimately, it just made them look bad. Um, so. I guess for us as Racer Nation, you know, we have a tremendous fan base. We're other coaches from the OVC and across the nation, Bruce Pearl as an example, we're extremely complimentary of our class with which we operate as a fan base. Um, I saw some stuff on Twitter um, that said that, hey, you know, even even Racer fans, you may not be the same fan as them, but if your car breaks down in the parking lot, they're going to be the first ones to help you fix it, uh, which I thought was really cool. And, and the people had actually seen that happen. Um, so, I encourage all of us to take the high road on this, um, to brush it off, uh, to, 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 to call it out for what it is, but to show how that, that we are such a better class of fan and how we can uh, make a positive impact on everyone involved 
um, rather than, than just ourselves in these situations. It's fun to talk trash. We're going to keep doing that. But at the end of the day, we're going to shake your hand, wish you the best, and hope that everything else sorts itself out fine. I had the pleasure of being coached by Ron Green in high school, racer legend. And he said this quote, and Logan, you can, you can, you can testify on, on my behalf. He said this every single day. You have the choice. You can either get better, you can get worse, or you stay the same. But you, but you never stay the same. I'm sorry. You either get better or you get worse, but you never stay the same. So in Austin's P's decision, they decided to be worse. And in our choice, we had the opportunity. We can be better. And over the past, we've shown that. Um, I think that I went back and, and looked, and because I remembered uh, back in 2018, we brought Dave Luce, who, Logan, you referred to, you referenced earlier, back to the CFSB Center, brought him out onto the court at halftime, gave him a game ball, and he got a standing ovation from all of our fans. Where did you see? You don't see that anywhere else in the sports landscape, but you see it at Murray State. Um, and then, you know, four short years later, they go and want to pull something like that. I get trying to reignite the, the passion in the, in the, in the rivalry. You got to do what you got to do when you can't get put W's on the board. But you would think at some level they would show some sort of class, at least to our coaches. Um, so that's the end of my rant. Um, Logan, I'll pass it back to you. Just real quick, Logan, before you go, here's the difference. Austin P brought out a Bush League uh, game notes and stats. And what's Murray going to do in retaliation? They just bring out a uh, John Morant for the home game against Austin P. <laughs> Not a bad rebuttal. Sawyer, that was a phenomenal rant. Very well spoken. And uh, I agree with most of everything you said. I hope our fans uh, take the high road. However, I hope. Uh, you know, noted listener, Coach Matt McMahon does not. I hope he goes all gas, no breaks on uh, February 17th against the Governors. I'm going to take the highest alternate spread I can find. And, you know, I, I count on the racers really just not letting up and at least winning by 25 or 30. Um, I think, you know, Everybody kind of heard how fired up he was after the game. Speaking speaking of Coach McMahon, um, I just don't see how we don't go out there and just boat race him. And that's what you got to do. Uh, if this is like this, that's the best way to take care of business. You can say a lot of stuff in the press. You can say a lot of stuff on a podcast. But what really decides things is right between those lines. And I'm going to be with you, too, um, on a separate set of lines. Um, but I am going to uh, – I want to be cheering for the racer screaming as loud as I have more, more so this game than I have in any other game this whole season. And I've got a feeling that uh, the crowd is going to be absolutely rocking on Thursday night. So uh, it's getting close to a sellout. So you might want to go ahead and grab your tickets now um, and make sure for, for sure that no red gets into the bank. And, and guys, just thinking about that. I mean, that's almost like a perfect storm brewing for the racers. Um, and remember, that is a six o'clock tip-off time for for the racers being on ESPNU. But you know, talk about the perfect storm. You've got the racers for the first time this year, or I guess second time if you count the SEC Network. But the first time being on national television as a probable ranked top twenty-five team. You've got Austin P coming to the bank, which. As we all, you know, Logan, like you just mentioned, McMahon's pretty fired up about Austin P right now, and the rest of the team should be as well. You have John Morant in the building. I mean, and like I said, the opportunity to 
finally showcase your basketball brand of basketball to the national audience? Because uh, I'm sure a lot of people who watch college basketball have not seen the racers. And so this is your chance to go out and you beat an awesome P team by 35. Holy cow. Welcome. Welcome to the bank. Well, guys, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up that awesome P talk because, hey, we're going to be talking about them the very next podcast again. So I'm sure that'll probably be a shorter segment, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. But let's go ahead and talk about the Saturday game. Uh, SIU Edwardsville coming back to the bank. And, you know, we talked last week how Rayshon Taylor, their star freshman, which is redshirt freshman because he tore his ACL last year, but um, had, had been playing really well for them and played really well against the racers when, when I was up, up there in attendance at Edwardsville. But um, unfortunately, weren't able to play. They weren't at full strength on Saturday night. And and that kind of reflected in the game. Racers got up early and kind of kind of held them off. But, but Logan, I think you've got a recap for us. Uh, so I'm going to send it over to you. Yeah, the game, uh, like the Austin P game, never really in doubt, as expected with SIU Edwardsville. Um, had a pretty balanced uh, stat line from the guys. Um, one thing that stuck out to me was we shot 80% from the free throw line. Thought that was phenomenal. Um, and also a weird stat was that Tevin and Juice had very similar stat lines. Uh, both had 18 points. Tevin had seven rebounds and Juice had seven assists. Um, KJ, it, it seems like KJ is racking up the steals recently. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but he has been super active on defense. Um, and then McMullen coming off the bench. I think I was listening to Neil and Kenny after the game. I believe he played 18 minutes had six points and eight rebounds. Um, and so a good team effort and led us to our 300th win at the bank. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a great, great defensive effort again. Another night where we held the the opposition to less than 60 points. Thing, I, The stat that I think I liked the most was the racers had six turnovers for the game. That's going to win you a lot of basketball games. You keep a uh, hold of the basketball. Uh, don't turn the ball over, but also compare uh, that with getting a lot of offensive rebounds. It's a recipe for success. Logan, you mentioned free throw percentage, and the racers are up to 68% as a team, so closer to that 70% mark. Uh, you know, it's not great, obviously, but better better than the 60-ish, 61% they were back in November. And they, they've had a few games. It's tough when you get a hole like that because that's a stat that, that takes into so many numbers. I mean, they've shot, uh, just to give everyone an example, uh, racers are 319 uh, and 4.7. Uh, made 470 attempted uh, in the free throw stats. So that's a bunch of numbers. So even if one game you go 10 for 11 per se, it's not going to change that number a whole lot. But, uh, you know, one stat we do look at, that we've kind of mentioned on this podcast, opponent free throws attempted versus Murray State free throws made, uh, 319 made, 346 attempted. So that's really close there and always a positive stat. But, um yeah, I mean, like you said, 300th win at the bank. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, since since 1998, when the bank opened, racers are 349, 349, 49 losses. That's an 86% winning percentage. Uh, just think, guys. I mean, that's not far off from when from when we were born. So uh, we had a couple seasons uh, at the uh, at Race Arena, but just think, you know really in our time where we can remember very well racer basketball all the racer games we've went to they've won 
86% of them. That's that's pretty incredible. So I know that's never gonna, you know, even with the stiffer top competition coming in next year, I know that's not gonna not gonna dip off because you know with great fan support and that's that's what pushes the racers through. There's been some really great basketball games at the bank. A lot of great wins over those 300 that that we all have memories of that we've talked about on this podcast and in the past and stuff like that. So, a uh, really cool, really cool accomplishment for uh, the racers at the CFSB Center. So the racers get that win by 20, 79 to 59, and close out the series with SIU Edwardsville. Um, you know, a team that I don't know if we will see again. Uh, might play them at home, but you know, when you look at non-conference opponents, I don't know if Edwardsville is one that just, you know, jumps off the page to me that we might play again compared to a quicker road trip like a P or a Martin or somebody like that. So or Tennessee State. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Racers have dominated. They never lost to Edwardsville at home. I think we lost to them up there maybe twice. And so, so a, a good, uh, good series that the racers had there. And so, uh, that got the racers to 22 and two. And after that win, two days later, got us ranked as we talked about at length earlier. And now looking forward to this week, got two tough ones. And Thursday night is a big night in the OVC, not just for the racers, but, uh, uh, you know, racers are traveling to Nashville, but another game in Nashville, that we'll probably talk about here, maybe a little later in the day. But um, guys, just before we kick off this Tennessee State game, and Logan, I know you've you talked about Tennessee State was your favorite place to go uh, last episode with with road trips. But let's just uh, let's let's take a step back and think about how much the OVC landscape can change in the next five days. Um, I mean, we as we look at it right now, racers are twelve and zero. The Moorhead State Eagles are 11 and one, and Belmont is 12 and two. So Moorhead and Belmont play Thursday, and then at Belmont, and then the racers go to Moorhead on Saturday. So you could have potentially one, two, three, Murray, Moorhead, Belmont. You could have a huge shift if the racers take a loss to get to one loss. If if Moorhead wins at Belmont and puts Belmont at three losses. Uh, or, you know, as probably everyone expects and probably the betting lines will show Belmont to avenge their loss to go and make them in a tie for second with Moorhead. So uh, it could be a big week when it comes to, uh, you know, really possibly the last big week uh, when it comes to seeding for the OVC tournament. Um, I'm not really interested in taking steps back. I'm going to actually take a step forward and tell you that we are going 13-0 and in the conference on Thursday when Sawyer Lawson and I go down to the Gentry Center to watch the Murray State Racers play Let's the go. State Tigers. Let's go, Blakely. You're missing out, but we got to go, man. Sorry. You just, Austin, you just started the podcast by saying that Every any anyone can be vulnerable, even if you're the number one team in the country when you go on the road. So what do we do? Logan and I are packing our bags, driving down to Nashville, going to the Gentry Center. They sent us an invitation to the party. We're going and we're bringing home a racer W. Oh man, fellas, I am I'm quite impressed and honestly uh, a little a uh, little sad that I'm not going to be able to come and uh, you know eat a little Jay Alexander pregame and and go over to the Gentry Center. It's going to be uh, Whew, that's going to be a fun trip for you guys. So I assume then 
you guys are going to pack your bags for the weekend and, and go to Moorhead as well, right? Well, there's just one piece that we didn't tell you is that there's somebody else we're bringing along with us. Actually, there's two people we're bringing along with us. Man, I'm intrigued. One of them is is uh, is Dan, of course, the chauffeur to bring us along. Of but the other one is going to be going to the Moorhead game on Saturday. And that's none other than Coach Kenny Roth. Oh, so, man. <laughs> we've got, if he's going with us down there, and he's also going to Moorhead, so he's going to bring all of that good mojo, all of those good vibes with him. So we're not just coming home with one, coming home with two. Oh, fellas, I, I would pay money to be on that in that car ride. I bet you two do not get a word in that entire ride to Nashville. <laughs> Well, luckily, you are going to be with us because Sawyer was telling me that uh, he's got a cardboard cutout of your head that he's going to have swag surfing with the Tennessee State kids on uh, on Thursday night. So, if you, Hey, hey, I thought we weren't going to talk about that on here. Oh, boy. Okay. I ran the surprise. I just hope it's me playing like what, back in my drumline days. If you could get a cutout of me playing on the drumline, I feel like that would just fit perfectly at the Tennessee State game. I mean, we've got Logan you and I have already those... kind of discussed. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. We, we've got you uh, in one of those really nice TSU male cheerleader outfits. We've, uh, we've photoshopped your face on top because we know you always wanted to be at TSU like you uh, talked about last podcast. Oh, man, you guys are killing me. You're <laughs> just killing me. We, we are. We really we, – we're talking about it. I mean, we think we may show up in non-racer gear and just try to see if we can get into the student section and just experience it one last time and like actually get the full experience only to whenever as soon as it tips off rip off our stuff and have the racer stuff underneath so that's to be determined if we're going to follow through with that but if we're in the gym we're a part of the party so um that's really all that matters and i actually do have one thing about the game um last time we played them we didn't really uh, play all that well considering the circumstances. They had four players out. And I tell you what, Carlos Marshall actually played really tough defense on Tevin. Tevin only had 11 points. Um, so that's another interesting matchup to look for Thursday night. Hopefully Tevin uh, kind of steps up, rises to the occasion. We know he's not one to back down. So uh, hopefully he looks at his stat line from last game. And it wasn't terrible, 11 points, five rebounds, but you expect more out of Tevin Brown. So look for him to have a better game Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I think the second biggest matchup outside of Logan sneaking into the student section is is going to be is going to be that one right there. But I think that the racers are going to come in this week, especially incredibly locked in. I think we're going to see a different racer team than what we've seen in a long time uh, because they know what's at stake, like what you're talking about, Austin, with this week. I think that it's going to be. Um, a team that's going to be incredibly crisp on the defensive side. I think it's going to be a team who we finally see knock down a lot of shots on the road. Um, and that's because that's what it's going to take. And I think that we've seen them put together such great halves of basketball, but now it's it's time for us to start climbing that mountain back to where we can get to that peak um, right around the corner from March. So I expect <clears throat> an extremely locked-in racer team this weekend starting on Thursday night at the Gentry Center. All right, guys, here's a stat for you. I know – we don't like to talk about this stuff, but uh, so in the last 12 years, the Racers have lost twice to the Tennessee State Tigers, two times in the last 12 years, last uh, since 2009. Pretty impressive. One was in the 
2016 season, which we don't, we don't talk about here. And the, and the one before that, the only other time, I don't want to say it, but nearly to the day, to the day, February February 9th, 2012, uh, the racers took the, uh, oh, God, heartbreaking loss. I, I think I shed a tear after that game. But I was going to back to look at that, and I'm sure it'll come out uh, in, in that stay-on-your-wall stuff. But, you know, racers took that tough loss at the bank. We go to Tennessee State like two weeks later and beat them by 20. Uh, so talk about a talk about a get you back game, but you know, local, uh, Logan. Luckily, uh, Robert Covington will not be walking out of the locker room. Um, but there is a player that I'm surprised that you haven't talked about yet that will be walking out of the locker room. And uh, talk about that matchup that uh, we might see. He hasn't been playing very many minutes recently, but uh, you know, he and KJ could probably start uh, you know banging shoulders down there on the low block. Surely you're not referring to uh, Jalen Dupree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I know once a racer, always a racer, but uh, if we've got KJ on our side, I'll take our chances. Yeah, I think that, you know, Jalen has bounced around quite a bit since his days as a racer, and he was an extremely bright, had an extremely bright future with the racers when he was a part of a part of those teams. Um, now, you know, at Tennessee State, he's averaging five points and four rebounds. He may be the most locked-in person on the court. I talk about the racers being locked in. I bet that I bet that Jalen will be pretty locked in. But I, I'm in my notes, you know, I had to have really great guards. But I expect KJ and George Skipper Brown to have major games um, this week, uh, scoring the ball. You know, I was waiting for DJ to do that. He did that against P. So I guess that was that was his one. Um, but I expect George Skipper Brown to come back in an emphatic fashion, especially when the game starts to get a little crazy, um, which it can down there at Tennessee State. Look out for Jordan Skipper Brown to have some major highlights. You know the, the Tennessee State Tigers—they're they're averaging uh, a little north of seventy-two points a game, and and the Racers—you uh, know—held them to forty-four at the bank. So if we can get even half of that defensive effort, which I have no doubt in my mind that we will, uh, you know, we'll we'll be just fine down there. And you know, probably the first game too after we pull out that dub because I. I have no doubt we're going to win by about 50 since you boys are going to be there. Um, so, you know, make your bets accordingly, Racer Nation. But, um, you know, it's just going to be cool because, you know what, when they roll Sports Center uh, on Thursday night, who's going to have highlights? And that's going to be the top 25 Murray State Racers. That's, that's going to be really cool. So, man, fellas, I'm jealous. Uh, you know, for the listeners, this is the first time I'm hearing of any of this. So that's my uh, – that was my blind reaction, so I appreciate you guys keeping that one from me and uh, surprising me on the podcast. That that's pretty cool. And uh, like I said, I can't say I'm not a little bit jealous, but I will be uh, I will be watching from my from my recliner and and uh, cheering right there, just as loud with you. I think that Logan and I, just in your place, will play your singing of the "I'm so glad I went to TSU" or I, "I'm I'm at TSU" while we're there, just so they can. Just so it can be kind of part of the part of the mystic uh, mystic experience that we're having there. So we'll play it for you, uh, just to make you feel like you're there. I guess what gives me a little solace is I know they are not going to let you two fellas have the aux cord at the Gentry Center, so uh, <laughs> it's not going to be heard by very many. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, we, we got... played beer for my horses. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you guys or if any of you Racer Nation are coming, planning on heading down to the game, this podcast will probably be released 
either t- Wednesday night, which is tomorrow night, or early Thursday morning. Let us know. Um, we'd love to connect with you in some in some regard uh, at the game, um, and uh, we can't wait to see a full crowd full of racers down there uh, in Nashville this Thursday night. Perfect. So let's go ahead and uh, finish off that Tennessee State series with a win, like you know, kind of like Edwardsville. Probably not a place we go back to. So enjoy y'all's last time there, and let's get a dub and. And let's transition our conversation to talk about the game of the week. Like we said, racers traveling to second place. As of now, second place Moorhead this Saturday. Big game. It's a 3 o'clock tip-off. So remember that. 3 o'clock. And that's 3 o'clock Central time. So 3 o'clock Murray time. uh, 4 o'clock Eastern time. But uh, we know those Eagles are going to be wanting revenge after the the butt whipping they, they took here at Murray. Well, not really a butt whipping, but... Double digits, nonetheless, and uh, whew, talk about having a tough week. Uh, you know, they're 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 gonna. I'm gonna call it the Missouri Valley swing. They're go at at Belmont and then Murray State all in the same week. And oh, Beth wasn't doing them any favors when when she put that on the schedule. But uh, it's gonna be interesting. You know, I think you guys are gonna be down there. I'm probably gonna be locked in dual screens with the racers and in, in that game going at the same time on my iPad or something. But it'll be interesting to see how they play. And respond at Belmont, but you know, come three o'clock Saturday, we're going to need the racers to be locked in. Yeah, it would be really cool um, if the the Belmont game started a little earlier. We've got to get to we've got to get to Nashville pretty early to drop Kenny off for his broadcasting duties. So it'd be pretty cool if Logan and I could could skip over to the Curb Center and, and catch a little bit of that one before the racers play. That would have been that would have been pretty good timing. But yeah, they're playing at the same time. You would it's, probably it's, double their attendance if you did that. You'd probably double their attendance. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And 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 honestly, you know, I think that, that Beth would probably want us to come and sit with her um, down there on Press Row, so we'd probably get a pretty good pretty good view of the game. Um but but yeah, that's a huge matchup. Um but for the podcast purposes, I, I took another one for the team and I watched some of the Moorhead State Eagles coaches show that they put on YouTube um to kind of get their thoughts, the sights and sounds around Moorhead. Um, for this week ahead, you know how much time they spent on the Morehead versus Belmont preview discussion. No time, zero. You know how much time they spent on the Murray State Morehead preview? Ten minutes. They didn't spend one wow. second talking about the Belmont game. All of their focus is on Saturday night. Um, wow. So, racer fans, you might want to take that knowledge with you if you take that take that trip down to to, to Nashville. Uh, across the state lines because that might be some valuable information um, because uh, this that that is the one that I think that the that they should obviously be locked in on um, the, the Belmont matchup is, is sneaky obviously Belmont is not playing very well they were down by seven against Austin P last night at halftime 31 to 24 before they finally pulled away um, to, to escape them and you know Belmont of course this past weekend had to go into overtime uh, to beat Tennessee Tech who had a massive lead on them um, in a in a, in a game that will probably cost John Pilfrey his job. Um, so I think that the Moorhead, the, the Moorhead is just play, has, has so much confidence right now that they're overlooking Belmont, um, which I think can be a great thing for the racers. Well, you guys remember right after the game where Moorhead played at Murray, um, I think Jaw was tweeting it at Broom a little bit, and Broom was tweeting back saying, just be ready for uh, February, whatever the, the date is, 12th or uh, or whatever it is. But um, 
So I, I think, you know, this is their Super Bowl, us coming to town, a ranked Murray State team. And I this is arguably with Memphis, the second toughest game we're going to play all year um, that's on our schedule. They've circled this one for a while. Um, that, do you guys disagree? Maybe you might we, sprinkle in that Auburn. Yeah, game we did too. play Auburn, Logan. No, I said second toughest. Oh, Auburn's clearly the toughest. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought I you think, meant like yeah. Memphis was the toughest. Okay, no, Sorry. I'm well, saying okay. Tennessee Wesley. <laughs> yeah, between Memphis or this trip to Moorhead, um, this could be our second toughest game that we play. Um, but this is a game. Ever since the buzzer sounded at Murray, Broom's been talking about uh, the racers coming to town. So, you know, I, and. I wanted to point something out about Broom to see if you guys have noticed. Do you guys think it's going to hurt his draft stock that one of his legs is about three inches shorter than the other? Ah, shoot, Logan, to be honest, I, I have never even noticed that. I'm uh, too busy watching him hit turnaround jump shots. <laughs> well, just just watch him hobble along. Uh, it's either one leg's too short or, um, and, and I say that as a, a five nine guy uh that has two legs that are too short but um it's either one leg's too short or he has to go to the chiropractor like three times a week but uh just look out for that racer fans and if you're in attendance at moorhead be sure to chirp at him a little bit and get in his head you guys talked about this being moorhead super bowl and and of course it's it's alumni day uh, at moorhead kentucky it's the blue out whatever whatever that means and uh somehow i the Moorhead State basketball Twitter account popped up as a, you know, suggested tweet on my timeline. And and Coach Bradlin, he was out at all the fraternities and the sororities over the last couple of days, you know, telling them get out to the game on Saturday. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to have a good 1,500 people there, give or take. I think that's the uh, entire population of Moorhead, Kentucky, uh, something like that. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'll give them some credit. They've, you know uh, – they have averaged, you know, fifteen hundred people per at per home game. So, you know, big step up for them. So, they might have eighteen hundred on Saturday. Yeah, those numbers are numbers that I would contest. I've watched a lot of their games, and looking around the crowd, there's no way there's fifteen hundred people there. One more thing, I hope that a lot of racer fans do do show up for the game on Saturday. I heard some whispers of some guys talking about going, and I hope they follow through on that. That'd be really really cool. Um, Moorhead's a long, long, long way away. Their gym is. Not special, nothing to nothing to write home about. Um, and honestly, they have a lot of stuff that kind of nitpick me with their gym. Um, the big fans don't look very good, and this is the the smallest nitpick I can have. But their nets and their goals are so old; they look like the same nets that Jumpin' Joe Folks used to shoot shoot the nets off the rims back in out in Birmingham, uh, Kentucky, which is now LBL. That's another story for another day. Back in the 1930s, um, they they don't the ball kind of gets caught in the net when it comes out. So uh, not a fun place to watch a basketball game. Um, but I hope that Racer Nation is in attendance uh, to make a difference on Saturday because we're going to need it. And no doubt. And, and for fans, if, if you've just gotten on this podcast just in the last couple of weeks, I know we hadn't broken down the game a whole lot. But if you go back a few episodes, we really break down Moorhead 
um, then, and they have not changed a whole lot. They're they're still good. They're still shooting a lot from three and, and knocking those down, and and Broom's still holding it down in in the post, and he's getting double doubles. So, um, if you want to learn a lot more about Moorhead as a team, I, I uh, welcome you to you know skip back a couple podcasts after this, and and we do a good job of breaking them down there. But um, like I said, fellas, I you know Sawyer, you mentioned about how you know talk about shooting well on the road. This is one game. If we did what we did against Belmont and and come out and light the nets on fire, we're going to be just fine. And and you know the guys are going to be locked in because this is a challenge. And and you know we talk about Tevin being a leader. He never backs down. You know when the going gets tough, he gets tougher. And you can see that happen and and throughout the whole team. And uh, his his leadership abilities really uh, just jumped off the page this year being able to get the whole team to play like that and of course the addition of guys like trey and dj and and folks like that as well have, have helped out a ton in that regard yeah they're a veteran team and we're a veteran team um there's there's no there's no way else to put it um we know that that um uh, that broom is going to bring it he's probably going to be overlocked in which is hopefully a good thing for the racers but also i think you hit the nail on the head the guy that i think needs to set the tone for this game has got to be tevin brown and it's got to be his perimeter three-point shooting i think that the racers have have got to they cannot mess around when they get to Moorhead. they have to jump on them hit shots early and play extremely great perimeter defense perimeter defense the, the three 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 keys to me are play control the game on the defensive end like they have been the past couple of games rebound the ball against broom because they're playing with a four guard lineup hit threes and do what we did last time dominate the paint they're a team that's not built to be able to come back from a large deficit if we can do what we did to belmont they're not going to be able to to have the firepower to come back and beat us and to do what they have to do to be able to do that. So I think it's imperative we get to the rim early and we shoot threes and hit them. We have to um, for us to be able to to feel good about coming out of Moorhead with a win on Saturday. You did say it was a blue out, so it would be fitting if they all left blue as well. That would be a, a good thing for the racers. Yeah, and uh, one thing that sticks out to me is that DJ Burns is due for a big game. He's kind of been in a little slump lately. And if I'm not mistaken, when uh, Moorhead played at Murray, they were playing uh, the Wolf guy. He gets on my last nerve because he thinks he can whoop anybody in the gym, which is clearly not the case. Uh, I'd take Trey Hannibal over him any day. But anyways, if he's got DJ Burns on him, DJ should get every offensive rebound. In that first game, DJ played 20 minutes and had zero points three rebounds, and four fouls. That's not going to happen again. DJ's going to – we saw it uh, Saturday. Sawyer was um, sitting with me at the the SIUE game, and DJ got a foul because he hustled too hard. And he, uh, he got up and went to the bench and just started smacking his chest and said, that's all heart because he was diving on the floor and beating somebody to a loose ball. I don't think that DJ is going to have another 0.3 rebound game. So look for him to step up and uh, have a much better stat line than what he had in the previous matchup. I agree. I mean, you see it across the board. These guys play with so much joy, which I think is Coach McMahon's number one priority as a coach is to let his players play with joy. And they're doing that. And I just think that being on the road this weekend, they're going to be able to play with joy in so many ways of with the crowd going against them and playing with all their heart like they always do, led by guys like DJ Burns and, and and Tevin Brown, like we've already discussed. So when you put all that together, that's a recipe for success for the racers. Okay, just a few more points for me before we move off of this. Um, one, I think it's really good that, 
you know, you get that number in front of your name, it might build some pressure. I think it's good we're going to Tennessee State first. And if we can come out and have a good game there, that's just going to take that weight off our chest, say, okay, it doesn't matter. We've got that 23 in front of our name. We're the same basketball team we were before. No pressure. Just go out and play basketball. So I think that's really important. Uh, number two, like we said, Moorhead's got a tough week. Belmont and Murray. After that, cake for the rest of the year. They're at Martin. They've got SEMO at home. And they're at Eastern Illinois and at SIU Edwardsville. So if they were to take a loss, this week would be it. So in terms of seeding for the regular or for the conference tournament, this is the week for for Moorhead State. Because uh, you think about us and Belmont, we meet again in two weeks. And we've got Austin Peay coming to the bank again, which we already talked about going to be a big win. But um, in, in terms of seeding and all that stuff, that's why this is such a big week. And thirdly, if that's the word, thirdly, uh, you know, we played Moorhead at home two Saturdays ago. That game is on ESPN+. Plus. Moorhead plays at Belmont Thursday night. That game is on ESPN+. Plus. We play at Moorhead Saturday. That game is also on ESPN+. Plus. Talk about a just dropping the ball 1,000% that these are huge college basketball games with top 100 teams playing against each other, and the only people that are going to be able to see them are paying $5.99 a month or they've got their Disney Plus bundle uh, – or Hulu bundle like I have, and you have access to these games. Just what – I know we keep saying this about the Missouri Valley, but thank goodness we're, we're not in this anymore because what a what a missed opportunity that the OVC is having right now to put on their best uh, basketball teams. The, the Moorhead-Belmont game earlier this year was on ESPN News, I believe. I didn't even know that was still a channel anymore. I don't know if it's on cable. I think it's just a streaming channel like these other ones are. Who knows? Uh, but, man, that's just so sad that there's there's these great basketball games that's going to happen and uh, hardly anybody's going to see them uh, from a national landscape. You know the Racer fans are going to be watching on Thursday and Saturday, but from a national landscape. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I think that with the evolution of Twitter, you start to see that there are – that college basketball fans from Florida, Washington, Maine, they don't want to watch – Texas A&M versus Missouri on, on prime time on Saturday afternoon. They would so much more prefer to watch Murray State and Tevin Brown versus Janai Broom and Moorhead State. The diehard college basketball fans, and there's a lot of them. Um, that's, that's, that's a game that would appeal to me more. I mean, I would, I would much rather watch Drake versus Bradley than I would uh, Texas A&M versus Missouri for that example. So um, I, I think that, you know, you've got the, you got the powerhouse, uh, the big time programs, they, they, they tend to, to, to lean towards getting more views. Um, but I think that the college basketball landscape is, is, is changing. And especially when you've got a program like Murray States, who's just going to continue to grow um, that that was a massive missed opportunity uh, by the OBC. Okay, shoot. I guess I had four points. I, I have one. I just remembered um, talk about a game that when you're thinking of postseason awards and OVC Player of the Year, this this game Saturday night or Saturday afternoon could define who wins OVC Player of the Year because you've got the three front runners going up, going up against each other. I know people are probably going to try to throw in Grayson Murphy and Nick Musinski, but they, I, I, to me, it's a three-headed three three horse race right now. 
uh, no pun intended, we love our horse puns on this podcast, uh, with KJ, Tevin, and Broom. And I know we're a Murray State podcast, but we also realize how solid Janai Broom is, and we're going to give credit where credit's due. And so, you know, he he did not write – KJ rose to the occasion game one. Tevin had a solid game as well. But if you can come out again, as, if you're KJ Williams and you come out and dominate this game again – Holy cow! Look at, look at a, you know, postseason awards. Or if Tevin comes out and just lights it up and hits, you know, t- seven, eight threes, or you know, has thirty plus. Well, there's his name right back at the top of the conversation. Uh, so I think that's a big, big game for that as well. Okay, I know we're all excited for that one, and and let's go ahead and wrap up that talk because uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to break down on next week's episode and. And one thing we want to break down that we haven't talked about uh, in a, uh, probably about a month or so, and this is very well deserving to be talking about. And uh, Sawyer, I'm going to pass it on to you for the Morant Minute. Yeah, so excited that you guys wanted to bring this back this week. Um, John Morant playing so well for the Grizzlies. It just continues. And, uh, you know, in a really awesome moment uh, a few weeks ago, we got to experience his name get called as an all-star starter that that is just that's just amazing that's just like a dream um as, as a young kid that you have as, as a racer fan and you know all these young kids now that's just the expectation is that we've got john moran he's going to be playing in the nba all-star game and be a starter and it's just becoming a household fact across the nation uh, i think jaws jersey number is the seventh most sold jersey in all of the nba that's 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 amazing. I mean, you can think about all the the stars that are out there. He's number seven. Um, it's only going to keep keep rising up those charts. And guys, John Moran is here to stay. I mean, there's there's no way else to put it. He's he's already solidified himself as a star in the league. Um, he's recognized by all the analysts on ESPN as such. And he's a and some people are even referencing him as a top three player in the league. It's it's hard to really refute that for what he's doing um, for Memphis. So. Uh, and, and the best part about it is, guys, we have a chance to get to see him in person just by stepping foot outside your door and driving to the CFSB Center. So another awesome opportunity to engage in one of the top five or ten best players in the world um, in our hometown. So uh, don't miss your chance. But, guys, you know, I, I'm, I'm invested in it. Um, love watching the Grizzlies play. They have one of the most fun teams that I've had I've ever been able to watch in sports. They're up there with the 2011 Cardinals for me. Um, as far as some of my favorite teams, um, they play so well together. Um, but as an outsider, as guys that follow it, just not as close as, as I do on an everyday basis, you know, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on on John Moran for this Morant minute. Yeah, I haven't really kept up too much with the NBA this year. Um, not nearly as much as I should with how well Jaws playing. And when you're in Murray, you hear all the time about how great John Morant's playing, but kind of snuck up on me the other day, how well the Grizzlies are playing. And I think I saw um, go across the bottom line of the the ESPN feed um, on TV a couple of nights ago that they're 18 and four since Christmas or something like that. Um, Just a really, really good run that they've been on. And the fact that, Little Memphis Grizzlies, who had the second pick in the draft two years ago, is third place, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, they're third place, but they're four games ahead of fourth place. That's the Utah Jazz. So um, they're closer to they're closer to second place than they are to fourth place, which is amazing 
considering that's the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think that just shows you again to your to your point that you've got a guy who's a winner through and through. He does not accept losing, um, and he just brings makes everyone else a part of the team better. And that's exactly what Jaw's doing, and he's bringing a team that, like you said, was at the bottom of the of the NBA to a first round potential second round hosting uh, team in the playoffs. That's that's amazing. I mean, tonight uh, I always watch their games while we record our podcast, and uh, he had 30 points tonight, and he did not play in the fourth quarter. So uh, it's just showing that that he's wow. getting it done on, on all three levels uh, for the Grizzlies, and he's not just trans transforming the uh, the culture of the basketball. He's also transformed the culture of the city of Memphis itself by all the th- uh, philanthropy things that he's doing. Um, it's really awesome to see how great of a person he is on and off the court. Um, I could not be happier um, that he's in Memphis. It, it's amazing, and and Sawyer, I guarantee you, if if you went and and, and named the people in in the Grizzlies rotation other than Jaron Jackson Jr., I guarantee a lot of listeners and a lot of basketball people probably won't recognize many of the other names. And that's what the impressive part is. And and they've beat they've beat the Suns and they've beat the Golden State Warriors. So it's not like, you know, they're the third seed and, you know, they have no chance to beat the top two or anybody. They've beaten everybody at their home arena. So um they're they're tough. They're fun to watch, like you said. And and Jaw is just incredible. And and you mentioned, you know, he's going to be back for that Austin P game next week. And uh, you know, I think a lot of times when you have a superstar, which he is a bona fide superstar now, um, he's he's not going to be the guy that comes in and has, uh, you know, security guards all around him and not going to let anybody get up around him or anything like that. It's going to be him, maybe uh, Jeff Gentry from the Murray State Police Department. I guarantee you, T, T. Moran will be there. He'll probably have another one of his guys, maybe his daughter with him, and they're probably going to be hanging out a couple rows behind the bench and and you know probably sign autographs and and do all that stuff. Shoot, T. Moran will probably be signing autographs, uh, doing all that stuff. I think that's what the cool part is. He'll probably be in the locker room with the team. And I mean, talk about getting a shot in the arm. Uh, you want <laughs> you have. John Morant come in and, and give you a pep talk, which I mean, I, I read an article that there was a really cool article the other day. I think CBS put it out about uh, Jaw and the and his connection to Murray and talked about the uh, uh, tech, the group text that he has with the coaching staff and some of the players. And, you know, when you're talking to that's just got to be so cool for them. And and, you know, think about it. If recruits are going to be there as well. That's that's going to be sweet. Um, and, and just the support, you know, you have. And and then, you know, just to mention uh, at the Belmont game the next week on the 24th, they've announced Shaq uh, Buchanan, you know, talk about I know this is the Morant minute, but Shaq just put up 40 in a G League game. And you've just seen how his game has grown uh, since he's left Murray. So that's pretty cool as well. So he'll be at that Belmont game. So, uh, you know, pretty cool that they're in Memphis. That's one thing that article pointed out is, is, you know, Jaw, if he went to L.A., if he went to uh, the East Coast, he, he wouldn't be able to, you know, come to a game on a Thursday night in Murray, Kentucky. And that's that's what's really cool about him being in Memphis. Yeah, you talked about them uh, showing up and signing autographs. Sawyer was telling me earlier this week that he's going to bring his newborn baby to be signed. Uh, so it just shows you how um, dedicated and, and you know, diehard our fans are for racer basketball. So that'll be great for Madison Kate to get a, a nice uh, a Sharpie uh, John Morant signature on her forehead. Um, but we were talking about the Grizzlies. They did that 
moving up to the third place in the Western Conference without signing a big free agent or even a decent free agent, really. Um, they drafted they well. Haven't signed, they haven't signed anyone. It's all been through trades and drafting. Correct. Yeah. Um, which I wasn't in love with uh, with giving Valanchunas away anyways because he was so solid. But, um, you know, Stephen, Av- Stephen Adams is serviceable. They just hit on Desmond Bain. Um, and it looks like Zaire Williams is actually playing better. And is it a coincidence that they're uh, doing so well without Dylan Brooks? I don't think it is. I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for you to pull that out. <laughs> uh, you're right. Yeah. Man, yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, though. Zaire Williams, talk about being a good rookie. He's solid. He, I mean, he's no John Morant, but talk, just being a role player. That's what I'm saying. Their role players are, I don't want to say no names, but they're not guys who are going to flash across the ESPN screen if they get traded. Um, but they're serviceable and. They everybody knows their role, and you see the similar similarities with this Murray State team this year. Everybody knows their role, and that's what makes the teams very successful. Well, in the NBA, you see a lot of teams play for the playoffs. They just play for a spot. The Grizzlies play to win every night. And when I got to go to the game, uh, thankfully Sawyer gave me some tickets. And by the way, if you're looking to get to a game, they there's hardly any better seats than what Sawyer's got. And that's one thing you can see is how much they like uh, playing with each other. Pause. But when the whole team's all bought in and, uh, you know, they accept that Jaw's their leader, you know, even though he's 21 years old, that's their guy. And I pick on Dylan Brooks, but I think it's terrible to have somebody taking 20 shots a game when you have Ja Moran on your team. I'd rather the ball be in his hands. And, uh, you know, I think the other players do too um, with how crafty he is and how he finds creative ways to get them open and, and get them easy shots. Absolutely. Austin, you, you, you kind of touched on a point that I hadn't even really considered which should have been at the forefront of my mind is that, you know, whenever we have that game on TV on ESPNU against Austin P, they'll be able to pan it over and have John Morant right there. That'll be so nice to have to send uh, to recruits, and all those who are watching will get to see that and see the see the love and the attention that he's getting and and go and be able to see that, hey, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're John Morant or if you're uh, a role player, when you come back to Murray State, you have special special um, occurrences to happen just like that. And so uh, – Logan, to your point, Madison Kate's not going to make it uh, to the game. Ja was really upset when I told her because, actually, he was wanting her autograph. Um, so you had it backwards, but we'll give you a pass on that one. Oh, I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, that's our Morant Minute. Uh, that always turns into about the Morant 10 minutes. But like I always say, when you've got a player, a former racer like that, he deserves a whole podcast. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and transition now to everyone's favorite segment. Logan's listener of the week. I know you already teased it this week, so uh, let's put a bow on the episode with us for us for with a uh, with a good listener of the week. Yeah, I've got somebody very deserving, um, and I'm not just picking him because his mom gave me a haircut a couple hours ago, got me looking fresh for the uh, the Gentry Center on Thursday night. But this is a guy who probably should have been a listener of the week. A long time ago, he texts me about the podcast all the time and uh, really hypes me up about it. Makes me feel good. Um, 
to, to know that one of my buddies actually listens to all of them and is so interested in Murray State basketball. And with that being said, this week's Logan's Listener of the Week, none other than Houston Billington. And little known fact, Houston told me last week um, during the Austin P game that he had never made a trip to the Dunn Center. So if our friends in the athletic department could get one more game scheduled there, we'd like to take Houston down there and uh, show them how the racers do it down in Clarksville. Awesome. Congratulations, Houston. Not going to find a nicer guy in, in Murray and a great member of the Racer Nation. So uh, congratulations. Yeah, Houston, congratulations on being – you joined an elite club. There's only been 20 of them, so pretty pretty impressive. Houston, your shirt's in the mail. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, fellas, y'all uh, y'all have anything else for the episode? Yeah, I've got, I got two things that I want to mention real quick. Uh, I, got a, I got a really cool text earlier this week um, out of the blue from Coach Nichols, uh, Shane Nichols, who was on the staff. Uh, last year and for the many years um, in the past, who's at Radford right now, he just sent me a text saying, man, I know you guys are having so much fun in Racer Nation right now. And it's so cool just to see that the coaches, even though they've left, are still following along and still have that passion for Racer basketball and, and, and checking on the fans just to, just to let them know, you know how lucky we are that this is uh, something that's super special. Um, but um Really was excited to hear that from him and, and to know that he was still checking on our racers and making sure his guys were still doing good. Second thing is, this is this is a big weekend in sports. Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and we, we could not miss the opportunity to highlight a listener of the podcast, a member of the Racer Nation, who has a pretty big impact on that. Uh, if you don't have a, a fan interest in the game, um, our own listener, Brooke Santanello, Murray State graduate, is actually one of the video coordinators for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so he is a Racial Nation podcast listener. He's listened to a bunch of them. And I reached out to him after the uh, Bengals uh, made it to the Super Bowl. And I was like, hey, man, congratulations. And he was like, man, I love your podcast. Love what you guys are doing. You guys are hilarious. I'm sorry. I haven't been able to listen the past couple of weeks. They've been uh, a little bit busy, and I was like, "Man, come on! You're playing, going for the Super Bowl. Uh, take it easy. Um, you can catch up on racer basketball down the road." Um, but shout out to Brooks, uh, awesome guy, and we hope the Bengals can bring it home for you. Yeah, thanks for listening, Brooks. And I would say that you know we talk about us hopping on the bandwagon and starting a podcast um, right when the the racers break a twenty-two and two season out, and um, bust into the top 25 i'd say that brooks is probably the only person that picked a better bandwagon to jump on if he's uh going to the super bowl so that's pretty dang cool and for uh coach nichols you know you know he's moved on to uh, radford to coach with his brother but um this wouldn't be possible without him this season uh, he was a big part of the racer's success in the past um really highly respected assistant coach for us that you know, each one of us definitely uh, grew to, to really like and appreciate. So thanks, Coach Nichols, and uh, we appreciate you. Man, great point, Sawyer. And, and yeah, echo what Logan just said about Coach Nichols. A great guy, great coach. And we were all pretty upset when he left, you know, really. And we're like, oh, shoot, man, there goes there goes Nichols. Like, he's he's a key piece. And, and you see the lasting impact that he's had on Murray State. And like you said, Logan, this – this season would definitely not be possible without some of the guys 
um, he's coached and brought in and, and kind of like what you said about Brooks, you know, we were, we were all friends with him in college and man, what an opportunity to, to get to go to the Super Bowl. I, I follow him on Instagram and stuff and he's post, he's been posting stories this week. I saw he was on the, you know, plane. They, they just landed in LA today. He was posting, uh, he was out on the field last night during their, uh, during their pep rally back in Cincinnati. So, uh, I like the Bengals. Uh, I like their kind of underdog story and, and <laughs> Joe Burrow, he's, He's ice cold, man. He's ice cold. And so, yeah, we, we cannot confirm nor deny that we're going to have some strings pulled to maybe have the same guy that you just mentioned, maybe on the podcast in the future. Can't confirm nor deny, um, but be a pretty cool guest. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make any comments on that because, uh, you know, over promise and under deliver is not really my style. But uh, <laughs> who knows? You know, we never say never, never say never. <laughs> We may have a better chance of getting Harambe on the podcast than Joe Burrow. <laughs> oh, man, just two Cincinnati legends right there. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that was too soon. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> Logan, I think that might be a good note to end this podcast on. And so um, with that, as always, we really appreciate everybody listening. Um, you know, like we said, top 23 podcast in the nation. So thank you all for, for getting us here. Cause it's you as the listeners who support us every week and, and interact with us. That's, that's honestly the coolest part. I know I said, I've said this before, but like actually looking on Twitter and seeing all the interaction we get and the people that tweet us, I'm like, man, people actually do listen to this. I don't, we don't sit here for a couple hours every, every week and nobody listens. So, so that is pretty cool. And so, uh, racers just got to keep winning. We're going to keep, uh, rising in the polls, rising our NCAA stock. And, um, you know, fellas, we're, we're a little less than a month from the OVC tournament. So uh, racer basketball, if it's not already ramped up, it's fixing to ramp up big time. So with that, fellas, Sawyer, send them off. Go racers. Go racers. Go racers. Murray State, stand up. Who's-